Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. So we are in a new series called That's a Great Question. And in the next three weeks, we would love to answer some very difficult questions. There are a couple of questions, and these three questions that we'll be discussing in this next series, um, that many Christians ask themselves, and also many non-believers also ask this question about religion and about life. Now, the question we want to be looking at uh, today Uh, which is a big question, not only for Christianity, but for all religions. They grapple with this question of why does God allow suffering? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Now, in this series, I just want to say this, and even in this sermon uh, today, we probably won't be giving you all of the answers. My biggest hope is that I'll be pointing you to a person because I believe that our hope is in a person and not in a clever argument or with, uh, within uh, all of the answers that we can come up with. But having said that, I do believe that some of the, the, um, the things that we'll be discussing will be helpful for you in understanding and in, in dealing with uh, suffering in your life. Now, what's quite interesting about the Bible is when it comes to the topic of suffering, the Bible is not very idealistic. The Bible is extremely realistic when it comes to the topic of suffering. It's full of it. Uh, if You can actually divide the Bible into three sections. You've got the first section, which is basically just the first two chapters of the Bible, which you can call pre-suffering. And uh, that's the only place where we see, well, where there's no suffering yet. And then right at the end of the Bible, you get another one chapter that you can call post-suffering, which is after the end of all things, when suffering will be something of the history. And then you get the rest of the Bible, everything in between, which has got to deal with suffering. It tells the story of suffering. The Bible is full of of exploring Um, what suffering is and how do we work or or deal with suffering in our lives um, and within the reality uh, of uh, having a God uh, with us in our suffering. And so when we think about suffering and the Bible, uh, probably the one name that comes up for most people is this name of Job. Uh, The book of Job is one of the most famous stories of suffering. Now, if I can summarize the the life of Job, it would basically, uh, if you want to summarize it in one sentence, it would be that Job had everything and then that Job lost everything. He had everything and then he lost everything. And he really, really suffered. And if we read in Job chapter 6 verses 1 to 4, we see just how much Job is suffering. And if you had something like a pain odometer, something that that shows you how much a person is suffering or how much pain a person has, Job would probably just like break the scale. And this is exactly what he says in Job chapter 6. He says, then Job spoke again, if my misery could be weighed and my troubles be put on the scales, they would outweigh all the sands of the sea. That is why I spoke impulsively. For the Almighty has struck me down with his arrows. Their poison infects my spirit. God's terrors are lined up against me. So it seems like this guy's lost all hope. He knows what suffering is like. Now, one important thing that I, one important point I just want to make is that when we read the Bible and we think about suffering, one thing we can know is that the Bible never promises us 
to take away suffering. There isn't a promise in the Bible that if you just believe in Jesus, if you just start following Jesus, then all your troubles and all your suffering will be something of the past. There's no promise like that to unbelievers. Say, just follow Jesus, then you won't suffer anymore. The Bible sees suffering as part of life, something that we are going to be dealing with. Now, before we go on in this topic of suffering, I think it's important to just understand that when it comes to this discussion of suffering, that it's actually grounded in our view of who God is and how God works with planet Earth. You see, your understanding of how to deal with suffering is grounded in your understanding of how God intervenes and how He works with uh, with us as a planet. Now, there's two extremes on this. Now, the one extreme is this view of God that he is like a puppet master. It's this view that God has got the whole planet on strings and he's this giant puppet master and every single thing that happens on planet Earth is a string that God actually pulls and he's like in 100% control of everything. But the problem with that view of God is that we know that's not how God revealed himself to us because God gave us freedom. When he created us and when he created the universe and creation, uh, or our planet, he gave a certain amount of freedom to it. And it's in God's love that he gives us freedom and he gives us choice. And so we know he's not the puppet master that pulls all of the strings. He's not a control freak like that. And so that's, that's the one extreme. And if your view of God is that he is the giant puppet master, then surely you can blame God for all the suffering in the world. Because, you know, surely he is the one pulling the strings or he should have pulled the strings to, to, to keep suffering away from your life. And so if the, he's the puppet master, then surely he is responsible for all of the suffering in the world. But that's not the way in which he revealed himself to us in the Bible. The other extreme of uh, viewing God and how he works with the planet is a view that God just created the world and he, he created it in freedom and then he just stepped back. He sort of, he created everything. He created you and me. And then he just left us and he says, hey, I'll see you at the end. I hope you make it. I hope you come right. I'll see you right there at the end. And he just sort of stepped back and he doesn't intervene and he doesn't come close again. Now we know that's also not the truth because we know in Jesus, in the person of Jesus, there is proof that, Jesus, that God actually intervenes in our planet. God actually comes close um, in this world of suffering. He comes right beside us and God actually intervenes. And, and with the presence of the Holy Spirit, we know that God is not a God that, that has just stepped back. God is actually with us. And so the way in which or this question of how does God actually work with our planet is actually found somewhere in between this one extreme of God um, uh, being a puppet master and God just standing back. It's somewhere in the middle of a, a freedom and, and control that we actually find who God is. Somewhere in the middle of God just giving us uh, all the freedom and God uh, being intimately involved in us that we find who God is and how he works with us. Now, how exactly? Uh, God works with the planet, and so, so the question on when does he intervene? Uh, when does he stop certain things? Or when does he, does, uh, when does he do miracles uh, for us? On that question, it's actually a bit of a mystery. We don't fully understand when God intervenes and when he doesn't intervene. That's part of the mystery of who God is. And I think we shouldn't actually get stuck in that because we don't have that answer in the Bible. 
But we know that he does intervene and that he is also present, but he also gave us a certain amount of freedom. Now, just on this topic of suffering or the question rather on what causes suffering in your life, I think there are five things that we do know. And then I want us to look at some promises that God has actually made uh, to us, the things that we do know and that we, we can take confidence from when, it, when dealing with suffering. And so there are five causes for suffering in our life. And we can use our hands to, to uh, explain what these five causes are that works well. So the first one is the small finger. And uh, that is the enemy. The enemy brings suffering into our lives. The enemy is real. He is a reality in our lives. And even since the garden, he has come to steal and take away. And the Bible also calls the enemy a liar and a thief. But the enemy is not responsible for all the suffering in our lives. The second thing that is also responsible for the suffering in our lives is other people. You see, other people have got an effect on your life. Their freedom has sometimes got an effect or causes suffering in your life. If we think back uh, after one generation of sin, we see someone like Cain making a bad decision and killing Abel. And so one person is murdered because of the decisions of a murderer. And so also in our world, there's lots of suffering that is caused by other people's uh, sinful decisions. Because of their freedom, there is suffering in our lives also. You can also think about relational hurt, someone that has hurt you in a certain relationship that you might find yourself. It is because of another person that you are experiencing uh, suffering. The third thing that can also cause suffering in your life is yourself. We sometimes are the reason for suffering in our own lives. Now, this can be a very big reason for some people. This is when we ignore the love and the counsel of God, the wisdom that God gives in His Bible, or the wisdom that God gives through other people in our lives. When we ignore those things, sometimes we can be the reason why we suffer in life. Now, you can just ask someone like David, David made some bad decisions. He was a wonderful man of God, but there were times when he made some bad decisions and it led to suffering in his own life. And then there was someone like Judas. Judas made a very bad decision to betray Jesus and it led to his own downfall. It led to his own suffering. A fourth reason for suffering in your life could be the planet. You see, we are living because of, of sin entering the world we are also living in a broken planet. Nature is broken because of the presence of sin in our world. But not only the brokenness of our planet, but also the freedom of our planet. Our planet and nature works in a certain way. And that sometimes has an effect in our lives also. Now, thinking about things like natural disasters that can cause suffering in our lives. Uh, last year, we came through a, a very long drought in our country, and this caused financial suffering for many people. In this moment, we are living in a time with the coronavirus, which is also causing suffering in many people's lives, which is something caused by the nature or the planet that we are living in. And then a fifth possible reason for suffering um, or the thing that can cause suffering is God himself. And so the question, can God cause suffering? Yes. The answer is yes. Just ask someone like Job. God was behind his suffering. 
Ask someone like Jonah that was stuck in a fish's uh, uh, belly for three days. God was behind that suffering. Ask someone like Jesus. God the Father was involved in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. But all of those examples were part of a bigger story that God was busy telling. In the end, we know that God can do whatever he wants to do. We know that God is good, but he can also sometimes use in his love and in his goodness, he can use something like suffering to accomplish his beautiful will in our lives. Now, there's a number of things when it comes to the topic of sufferings that, uh, suffering that we don't know. Uh, this mystery of when does God intervene and when does he not intervene in your life and in your suffering, we don't know. We know that suffering can be caused by a number of things, but there are certain things that we know for sure. There are certain promises that the Bible makes to us. And although the Bible does not promise us that he will take away our suffering always, it gives us certain promises. Like Romans 8 verse 28 says the following, And we know that in all things, all things, doesn't matter what kind of suffering, we know in all kinds of things, God works for though uh, God, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purposes and so we know that in all things doesn't matter what kind of suffering that God can work and that's why this illustration is so beautiful you see God he can reach us doesn't matter where we are doesn't matter what kind of suffering we are going through whether it is caused by the enemy caused by other people caused by our own bad decisions or caused by nature God can work in those circumstances and he promises that he will work in all kinds of suffering for your good. And then Romans 8 verse 38, that's another promise. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't matter what, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Doesn't matter what kind of suffering that you are busy going through, nothing will separate you from the love of God. That's something we know. There's some things we don't know when it comes to this topic, but there are things that we can know for certain, and that is that God can work and that God's love will never be separated from you. It doesn't matter what kind of suffering you find yourself in. God doesn't promise to take away suffering always, but he promises to be with us. You see, God or Jesus is called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. He is the God that is with us. Hebrews 4 verse, 30, uh, verse 15 says the following. This high priest, speaking about Jesus now, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do. You see, Jesus entered our world and he experienced all of these different kinds of, of suffering with us. And therefore he is the perfect high priest because he knows exactly what kind of suffering you are going through. He's able to empathize, empathize with you or sympathize with you because he knows your suffering. He is the God that knows suffering. He is the God that is on the cross, that is fully aware and knows what it feels like to suffer. And so on this question of where is God in my suffering, it feels like I'm all alone when you are suffering. 
God's answer is that I am there with you right now in your suffering. John Stott, um, he's a scholar and a theologian, and he writes the following, and I love this. He says, I have entered many Buddhist temples and stood respectfully before the statue of the Buddha. His legs crossed, his arms folded, his eyes closed with a ghost of a smile. But each time I turn away again to the lonely, twisted, tortured, figured on the cross, Jesus, plunged in God-forsaken darkness, that is the God for me. He entered our world of flesh and blood, tears and death. There is still a question mark against human suffering. But over it, we boldly stamp another mark, the cross that symbolizes divine suffering. Still many question marks around suffering. But one thing we know for sure is the cross that symbolizes divine suffering. God knows. God is with us. And God is busy working in us, in all of our suffering. God doesn't give us a ticket free from suffering, but he promises to be with us in suffering. I'm going to end off with one story. My wife, uh, she lost her brother when he was only at the age of 24. He died in a plane accident. And over the past 10 years, I've seen the pain in my, my parents-in-law of losing a child. And one thing that they've told me um, uh, a few times is that, that losing a child is not something that you'll ever get over. It's just something you learn how to live with. And I've had a couple of conversations with them on, on how do they deal with this great suffering of losing their own son at the age of 24 only. And I remember one conversation with my father-in-law, and, and, and he explained that in that time, something that really helped him, he was reading a whole bunch of things on, uh, or books on suffering. And one thing that really struck him is when he realized that that moment when his son died in that airplane accident, that the first one to cry was God himself. The first one to cry in his son's death was God himself. You see, God knows what it feels like to lose a son. God knows and he can empathize with us. We can know that God is with us in any kind of suffering. I don't know what kind of suffering you are going through in this moment. I don't know what kind of suffering you will go through in the future. But I know that in all things, God can work in those things. God is the God that is Emmanuel. He is with us. And in all things, nothing will separate you. doesn't matter what kind of suffering, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Now, suffering will come across your way. But I just hope that when suffering comes, that it won't find you alone. God will be with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.